Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show and this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And along those lines, I'm really enthused and excited to have on the show today Dr. Sinaz Cordes on the show. Dr. Cordes is uh, very accomplished in a variety of different facets. She has over 19 years of healthcare and health tech executive leadership experience. She's got a really great track record on building and scaling health tech companies. Uh, more importantly, or just as important, she's currently a chief health advisor for Worldwide Technology. She's helping a lot of companies and organizations solve really complex problems. She, she's focused on process. She's focused on technology. Anyway, I'm not gonna steal her thunder too much, but she is also a serial entrepreneur and investor. She's led a lot of healthcare companies throughout her career. Um, she's done a lot of good stuff. She's doing a lot of good stuff. She's a speaker, blogger. Um, Dr. Cordes, welcome to the show. Hi, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm uh, excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely, as am I. And I, I'm really always uh, enthused to have guests on the show that have deep medical experience, but have taken that medical experience and been very broad. So so it, it's definitely an understatement to say you're kind of like a polyglot in, in all the dimensions related in supporting healthcare. Um, but I don't want to put too much pressure on you to get started. What I love to do is hear where it all began. Where do you where do you get this drive? Where What led you to become the person you are today? So I'd love to hear a little bit about your origin story. Yeah, thanks. No, I think that, um, you know, there may be a lot of clinicians who are, you know, making the transition or have made the transition that may have a similar story. I started out many years ago practicing. I was a medical director for Providence Health, and it was right around the time with the High Tech Act and the EHR rolling out. And, you know, I really started to see the dissatisfaction among physicians and other care providers, nurses, as they increasingly had more clicking to do, right? So the, you know, the EHR is a data repository. It's, it's excellent for what it was brought in for, but at the time it wasn't really the end all be all, and yet that's how it was being viewed. Um, and so with this dissatisfaction of doing a lot of data entry and not really top of license work, um, it got me thinking that really that's great. It's the first step. We've invented the iPhone. <laughs> now we need to you know, invent apps to put on our iPhone, if you will. So um, I made the transition over to health tech. I joined um, Zinc's Health, which was uh, purchased by Hearst Healthcare while I was there and began as a physician product developer, really in search of, you know, what's next? Can we create some digital solutions that can live inside or attached to or on top of the EHR to automate some of this? So that's kind of where my passion began and why I made the transition. And then since then, yeah, I had kind of a <laughs> kind of a crazy circuitous um, career trajectory that took me down many paths where I'm very grateful for what I got to learn and uh, spent the last six years in the um, entrepreneur startup, digital health innovation, venture capital space, because as much as Big Corp was really taking strides and making differences, I felt that the startup space was really where change could happen quickly and be mm -hmm. more nimble and innovative. So that's where I was and um, moved to Madison, Wisconsin to uh, work with a startup called Health Bench that integrated with Epic. Um, and then that led to 
two more startups and some investing and it's it's just been a great ride and i i joined worldwide technology um, a couple months ago almost three months and it's it's a great opportunity to sort of bring all these different bizarre skill sets together to really be an entrepreneur within an organization that has set aside um you know not just dollars but a commitment to to really drive innovation and it's been amazing to see that that was what i was promised but that's really what's happening since i've been here so Mm. Yeah. No, well, Dr. Cordes, yeah, I, I really appreciate your background and it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome that you got into, you know, the startup world. And as you know, once you start getting into this world, it's, it's almost like the culmination of all your different skill sets with also a, a unique energy signature to it that is, is always hard to kind of ever in your life be more than one or two degrees away from it ever again, right? Um, and so there's so much reward. Uh, that comes from from innovation and for new ventures and products that can emerge in this space. Um, but along those lines, I'm sure you've, you've accumulated an interesting mindset and framework, right, that really is focusing on the, the person, the patient, the consumer. And so I know with this, you have a model, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about the details of it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, the model uh, that you're thinking about or, or your mental model for how you think of like this consumer-centered uh, model that we're at today. But I'm also just as curious as to hear about what has you passionate today and probably these two things are one and the same. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, whether it's inside my current, you know, vocation in my role at WWT or just, you know, equally outside of it, um, having folks that I've built relationships with on all sides of the healthcare equation, reaching out just to have conversations. Um, it's it's really become clear that with, with what's happened, you know, in healthcare with the pandemic and where we are today and where we're headed, that, you know, health systems have had to kind of go on, you know, an accelerated trajectory. Everyone had certain things on their roadmap, um, but as I'm sure everyone listening knows that, you know, once, once COVID happened, a lot of the things um, that were maybe, uh, you know, scheduled for later had a rapid uh, trajectory to the top of the queue and virtual care and telemedicine obviously being the top of that. And so really my passion, my most recent position was the CEO of a teletherapy company. And so stepping into this new, you know, space that we all found ourselves in in March and then now, um, where do we go from here space uh, is, is where I'm, I've really had a lot of conversations and have done a lot of thinking and am seeing how we're supporting health systems, whether it's our clients or not, um, navigate this. And so from that, yeah, this sort of four pillar model has emerged um, over and over again with every, every organization that I've talked to where, you know, there's four pieces of healthcare and maybe they've been siloed or in some cases immature and underdeveloped. And now it's becoming clear that to survive where we are today and where we need to scale, these silos need to, you know, dissolve and these things need to be um, more of a circular uh, process and so the digital front door you know we've heard a lot about that if you want to call it the patient portal the patient engagement tool app mobile um, but that methodology and the technology and the process that's in place to engage patients between care encounters that's definitely one component that has elevated to the top of the priority list virtual care i mean enough said right i mean that's top of mind for everyone um, and that's taken on a whole new meaning um, beyond just telemedicine population health management you know people kind of think you know when i mentioned that well, what, how does that sort of tie into this consumer-centric model but 
it used to be really thought of as like, we've got this, you know, data repository, we're going to try to pull some data from it, run reports and do the best that we can to, to manage chronic disease patients. And now really pulling that back into the consumer centric, you know, approach where the patient is the consumer and even that population health data needs to be pushed back to the patient. Um, and I can touch on that in more detail in a second. Mm -hmm. And then revenue cycle transformation. You know, hospitals are suffering. You know, revenue is top of mind, patient leakage, keepage, um, claims, denials. And that's not a back office operation. You know, it begins with registration and scheduling, which again brings us mm -hmm. back to patient as a consumer at the beginning of their care journey. Mm -hmm. I love it. I, I love it. I mean, I love this model, you know, broken down and it, it is very, you know, consumable uh you know and also very just modern yeah the way you're think we're thinking about it um or you're thinking about it uh, uh dr cordes can you tell us a little bit about or tell me a little bit about uh, so a lot of listeners to the show are, are like executives for hospitals or executives for um, uh, insurance companies um they typically are these two concepts now in most most healthcare organizations the ehr and now the emerging crm and then there's all these different partner portals patient engagement portals a lot of add-ons there's a lot of noise and confusion out there and so how would you relate uh this approach of the portal to virtual care the population health management of what you're mentioning and your your uh, traditional revenue cycle management processes and, and what you're mentioning here how do you relate them to um, what people know today and what they're purchasing in the hospital, like an EHR, CRM, add-ons. Um, and then also just, yeah, I just love to hear a little bit more deeper on kind of like how should, how should we be thinking about serving now, intake forms, uh, the claim side, the payment side. Um, so love for you to unpack all of this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so I'll sort of begin with that patient experience, patient engagement piece, patient experience. I mean, you know, there's patient satisfaction and there's patient experience. I think we all sort of know the difference where satisfaction is the level of contentment, you know, with the services they receive and it's, it's kind of a subjective process. But the patient experience is, you know, truly an objective measure because it mm -hmm. just simply is access to quality of and type of service uh, that they receive in their in their healthcare organization. And so for the patient experience component, the portal is really not enough, right? The out of the box portal that you get from your EHR, I think health systems are now really seeing that, you know, whether it's my chart or whatever EHR, I'm not going to pick on any single one, but it, it's a great start, but it's it's just not enough. Um, and so the patients have become consumers of healthcare. And especially within COVID, we've now seen that really becoming a priority. So things like scheduling and rescheduling of appointments, that, that should be instant, right? It's no longer, I'm going to send a message <laughs> through the portal um, and, and request it, you know, onboarding the intake forms, all of your, your consent forms, things like that. I mean, I just went to a new position and everything was on paper. Um, mm. So, you know, even the portals are not usually sophisticated enough to, to have that information bi-directional discrete data come in and pre-verification and eligibility. I spoke to, you know, many folks in the rep cycle side of healthcare organizations that said so much of their time is manually spent here um, with that process it doesn't need to be right i mean that, that we have technology out there that can can automate this or at the minimum simplify it again bringing that into the patient engagement portal. Um, health systems are putting in virtual care, predominantly telemedicine visits for their patients as rapidly as they can, but often we find disparate portals, right? So mm -hmm. you go to your EHR portal where maybe you can, you know, 
look at your bill or you know request a refill but then you go somewhere else to click to try to get a telemedicine but you know so bringing that all into this sort of um, consumer type engagement um, and being able to just do more functions as I mentioned that could continue to add on to some of those things but you know, if you think about it I mean I get a text message when my car is due for an oil change <laughs> right mm -hmm. but so but why am i not getting you know a, a push notification that i'm i'm due for a major you know annual care exam or whatnot so it's really gone beyond um you know the out-of-the-box portal and many of the, of the health systems i'm talking to and working with and executives realize that this is top of mind and you mentioned the crm you know marketing has really become the value of marketing within the healthcare organization, I think, has now really been recognized. And so whether mm -hmm. it's CRM or emails or, you know, however they're trying to reach out to patients, this all brings us back to that sort of patient digital front door, the engagement component, if you will, of, of the health system. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love it. I love it. And as you're describing it a little bit, you know, it, it, it does feel like, yeah, you, you think of things like, uh, you know, um, getting your car fixed, uh, salon appointments, hair, haircuts, you know, any any type of service that we're used to having some sort of level of personalization. The mind of the consumers changed, right? Amazon, Amazon Prime, us clicking a button and then anything we want appearing in our door in less than 24 hours, 24, 48 yeah. hours, uh, sets a new psychology, right, for the consumer, um, puts the chief executive officer at a hospital or system uh, in a really tough position, right? Um, and it's, it's kind of like, and I'm just kind of freestyling here a little bit, thinking out loud, like what comes first, the CRM or the chief, the marketing team at a hospital or hospital system, right? <laughs> um, but um, I guess to formulate that more into a follow-up to that is, um, yeah, it, it feels like these healthcare systems need a more consumer-centric mindset and more resources and efforts around the marketing piece and the experience piece and I've seen that increase significantly and hopefully the good thing that comes out of this current crisis that we're in COVID etc is an acceleration there but I'd love to hear a little bit about um, your, your, your consumer centric model your four pillar approach how do you test its resiliency or how do you see its resiliency and growth or being relevant uh, in this in this crisis and post crisis right like maybe a day in the life or some examples of what you see happening now um, where you know telehealth is going to be most likely become a new norm systems need to talk to each other so I just love to hear a little bit about you know more future focus like how do you see these things um, taking in place more uh, as we as we um, as we enter this new world yeah and I mean that is exactly the intersection where we are all sitting and and literally every you know executive that I've, I've been I've spoken to in the last couple of months I mean that's where we are right so a month ago two months ago you know provider groups literally had to cancel you know all the appointments because they've had all been in in person and some of the work that you know we've done at our organization or we've seen other groups do is put you know Put a band-aid right let's get something up and running whether it's zoom or you know webex or whatnot those are those are fantastic tools um getting them up and running quickly though you know they're not necessarily integrating into the right places in the hr and claims and scheduling but that's okay like that's what needed to be done and it was amazing how quickly organizations were able i think they surprised themselves right at how quickly <laughs> they were able to do it but to your point now we're at that intersection of well we've put a few bells and whistles on the on the portal you know we've got some uh, apps that are up for telemed or e-visits. 
um, how do we scale? And when we think about scale, you know, it's people, process, and technology. So how do we now take a step back and say, do we like WebEx? We do like WebEx. Does it integrate with our Cerner or EHR? It does. Um, what's the best approach to making sure that we integrate it properly so this can now scale and, to your point, become a, a continuous offering as we move forward? Like, it's not going to go backwards. I don't think healthcare will ever go back to where it was in you know January or February and, and before. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's where we're living now. And when we look at even virtual care, you know, I kind of think of it as virtual care because there's still so much manual effort with telemedicine. And, you know, we applaud organizations for getting it up and running quickly, but they didn't have time to do things to eliminate. There's still sometimes manual phone calling back and forth, and there's still triage that happens with, you know, a human. So you're kind of put on hold and, you know, having to talk to folks to figure out if you should be seen or take a televisit. So really now thinking next steps, how do we continue to take work off of people's plates um, and let them work top of license? So maybe it's a chat bot that can use some AI and, and, you know, patient data, personal patient data to kind of walk them through a workflow that then makes a decision. Click here to do your virtual visit. That's that's the level of care you need. Click here to, um, you know, speak to a nurse. Click here because you need to schedule an in-person appointment. So really now thinking the next generation of healthcare people are now more receptive and more excited mm-hmm. and quite frankly see the need to continue to drive you know people process and technology to the next level so that these solutions can scale as we move forward mm. no I, I love it I, I appreciate that perspective and and yeah I see that happening as well and you know you're starting to see the the adoption and from probably you seeing it personal friends and family that you thought that certain uh, that that wouldn't be prone to doing things on the iPad or telehealth or things like that. There's been a forcing function, and you know all they needed was just a little bit, little nudge. The nudge in, in the form of a pandemic, but yet a nudge, right? But um, and and so what um, what I'd love to you know understand a little bit along those lines and along that same thought um, from a consumer perspective as we as we usher into this new this new norm and this 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 future we're going towards. How do you see um, consumers uh, needing to, um, how, how would you advise consumers in this new world to navigate, right? So you're starting to see some other things happen from like the Apple health records, the Google fit and the consumerization of like consumers carrying around their information, wanting to own it a little bit more uh, and be in control. Um, how should a consumer be thinking about this new world in, to their advantage, right? Should they be, talking with their doctor to see if all all our different types of visits should be done through telehealth. Should they be experimenting around with more things that their hospital and EHR has to offer? Should they be, you know, should they be interacting with their health records on their personal, you know, operating system on their phone? I'm just kind of maybe from a consumer centered standpoint, what are some one or two things that you would like to see or advise people to be doing from their perspective um, going forward? Yeah, I mean, I feel that this pandemic and what we've just gone through in healthcare has really magnified the the influence and you know, power is not the correct word, but really the influence that, that the patient does have on the way that health systems need to deliver care, right? I mean, when you're flooded with tons of calls for COVID and testing and, you know, testing centers and EDs and whatnot, um, I mean, that's the consumer. Those are people boots on the ground, you know, 
<laughs> kind of pushing you to to uh, to move quickly and do things that maybe as an organization you weren't ready to do. So if anything, this has really demonstrated that you know we've always said patient as a consumer allows the patient to be more in charge of their of their care plan, to be an active participant in their care plan, and nothing has ever demonstrated that more than where we've lived for the last eight weeks in healthcare. So I think honestly, what people and I know that you know marketing and, and folks at health systems are aware of this. I think what needs to be um, really a focus here is as a consumer, I expect certain things and I have a choice. And again, you know, I went to schedule a haircut, as you mentioned, I'm very mm -hmm. busy. I want to do everything from my phone. I literally, I just moved to a new uh, area. I literally went down the list and picked the first hairdresser that allowed instant booking, mm -hmm. right? And I completely bypassed right. the other other 11. And, and I mean, that's, you know, health systems, and we're not accustomed as providers to have to think that way, but it's, it's the reality we live in. And so I think that the consumer has that influence and will continue, the patient as a consumer, to have that influence of we want transparency to our bills. We want 24-7 access. If I want to schedule an appointment at 3 a.m. because I, I need to wake up knowing that it's taken care of, you know, that it's going to push the needle. Um, and it's kind of an interesting thing to sit back and watch because it's, uh, again, it's it's, it's, a, it's a bad place that we've been in. It's obviously, a, a, a you know, the pandemic has, has hurt a lot of health and, and business, mm -hmm. but it's also triggered, you know, innovate, innovation that, um, you know, that puts the puts the patient in the center of. Absolutely, absolutely. No, well, thank you for for, for laying that out. Yeah, I think a, a lot of um, a lot of people are going to benefit from from this advice, and it, it does usher in this new mindset that just shifts a, a tad. But it, 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 it's going to be better for the consumer. It's going to be better for the system, and, and costs will get optimized. Uh, painful, I think, in the short term, but as long as you know, payers, providers, and, and patients, you know, keep the right mindset, you know. We'll get through this together and usher in some really good habits on both ends, right? And uh, um, Dr. Cordes, this has been uh, great having you on. I, I really could imagine uh, we could probably go deeper on a lot of different dimensions on the technology uh, and, and, and sub pieces of the pillars that you laid out. Um, but what I would love to do is give our if, if our users or users <laughs> if our listeners. Uh, you can tell I'm blurring the, my, my day job with my podcasting job, but <laughs> if our listeners would like to get in touch with you directly, say hi, comment on, on your blog, or, or just reach out to you socially, what would be a good way to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. And I would welcome that. Um, I, you know, you can reach me through my website. I, I still have my blog site up. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to go through is uh, sinascordismd.com. And I'd be delighted just to, just to even learn from, from the audience and see if they want to share some of their thoughts with me. Super, super. This has been great, Dr. Cordeson. I really appreciate your time. Love to have you back as you um, work on more stuff. And as we come out of this pandemic, um, would love to uh, would love to have you back on and have you share the latest and greatest of what you're working on and what you're seeing out in the market. So I greatly appreciate your background and your perspective and, and what you're doing. And obviously, it's all about changing lives and making people healthier. And, uh, and so I appreciate your your work and your passion for for this the space of health and medical and, and all in between. Um, um, and to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Again, Dr. Cordes, that's, this has been phenomenal. This has been great. Really appreciate your time. That's, that's my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.